0: Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show.
1: Classic
2: Hits.
0: On a very serious note, we talked about the amount of crime that's been committed by young people. I can't go into the individual cases for obvious reasons. Many people have been charged. Other uh, crimes are under investigation currently at the moment. But we're all well aware of the amount of 13, 14, 15-year-olds that have been involved in stabbings over the last two or three weeks, particularly in Dublin City. Uh, The upsurge of crime. Last week we saw videos of Garda Siakana chasing people on bicycles through Phoenix Park. We saw 14 and 15-year-olds involved in all sorts of carry-on going back a few weeks ago as well. And Okay, we can put a bit of it down to the pandemic, that they're bored, they don't know better, blah, 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 blah. But that doesn't take into consideration people stabbing and mugging each other. Um, that boredom has nothing to do with that. And we're seeing a massive increase in crime at that age. Over the last four or five years, by the way, this is when we've seen killings of young people, and I'm sure we all remember uh young, uh, we can't even mention the victim's name, unfortunately, uh, but a young girl who was killed, uh, raped and killed. And two uh, young men went to jail for that. Um, We've heard numerous stories, another guy in the south side of Dublin, of course, was killed as well, stabbed. Uh, We've seen numerous stories of young people killing each other. So where is it all coming from? And we can blame social media, all you want, YouTube, all that kind of stuff, putting ideas into people's head, making, I suppose, death not a mystery anymore, making it, sanitising it and normalising it in some way. But that's not the answer, because most children should know the difference between right and wrong. And that doesn't matter when or how normal we make murder sound, that it's not right to hurt another person. So where does it come from? And last night we asked the question, I thought I'd throw it out there again. Is it society that creates these people? And I told a story last night of, I was working for another radio station many years ago. And there was a an argument going on between two housing estates in Talla, uh, Fetter Cairn and Jobstown. And there's a main road in the middle. And I was sent up to have a look to see what was going on. And I saw a 10-year-old with a Molotov cocktail thrown across the road. And the thoughts that came into my head was, not the little beggar or whatever he's up to, was, where is his parents? Why is he out of half 10 at night? And why has he got a Molotov cocktail in his hand? Does he even know what he's doing at 10 years of age? And I was starting to think to myself, right, whose fault is this? Is it society's fault? We spoke to Sinn Féin the other day and last night, of course, somebody put pay to their notion that the more we spend on community centres, say, for example, in the inner city in Dublin or the cities in Cork and Limerick and Galway, that the more money that we spend, we can give them something to do. Projects, community projects. But really, it doesn't make any difference because in the areas that have the most amount of community projects, we still have the most amount of crime. So it makes no difference at all. And Peter, last night, talked to us about that and why he believed that all that was was a money-making machine to keep people in jobs. So what is the answer? And, Whose fault is it? Okay, so here's the question. Whose fault is it? Is it the parents? Is it society? Or is it the area they live in? And that's the question I'm asking you today. It has to be one of those three things. So when a kid turns out bad at 14 and is destined to end up in Mountjoy to be a scumbag for the rest of his life or her life, whose fault is that? The parents, society, or the area they live in? Let me know what you think. The number is 087-188-0008. I thought I'd continue it today because I thought it was very interesting with a lot of the stuff that we were talking about last night and maybe we'll get some answers. 087-188-0008. Whose fault is it? Ola, who was on last night from Nigeria, mentioned that he believed it was the lack of community. Remember years ago when you went out and did something wrong, the neighbour's dad would give you a slap across the head. We looked after each other. It took a community to raise a child. 087-188-0008. Whose fault is it that a kid turns out to be a scumbag with no hope and commits serious crimes? Parents, society, or the area they live in? Uh, Mihal, you're on Classic Kids. Eh? and Chennai. got as Mia, Tommy, gets clean shop
3: can't oh. the parents are without a doubt, it starts with the parents now if I go up to the country, you've got a slap in the head and if you complain about it, you've another one but uh, no, it has to go with the parents, but then the state is wrong because you can, teachers can't touch your child all these things contribute to it there's a serious line of them, starting with the beginning, but it all starts with the parents, and of course the area they live in, the from as the kids become to 10, 12, 14, the area he lives in is a serious thing we're yeah, because the, area,
0: the the area does have something to do with it too. Because if your yeah. kids are mixed up with the wrong people, well, then they'll be led to a That's life good. of crime. But in saying that, it is the parents' responsibility to make sure they're not mixed up with the wrong people.
3: That is what I said. 99% of the cause is parents. And a lot of the parents you'll find out, are a lot of these children come from single parents. And like you could write a book on why they're single parents, but the point is it comes with parents. In the story, beginning and end, is parents correcting their children, preventing them from associate whatever type of associates they have. But how do you control that if they're living in a block of apartments, whether they're the kids or an avalanche of them everywhere else, and they're all meeting. You always have one or two apples in the bag, and the next thing the bag has gone rotten.
0: Yep. that's it yep. what do you do it only, it is, only, uh, it only takes parents, win. it only takes one toe rag to lead a load, load a load more astray
3: you'll get some community centres god there's some brilliant state at the art community centres definitely none in my time we didn't hear the word but the point is there is but the point is again it's a congregation park for all these pints and the scumbag which go on, should nobody be suspecting anything there we'll go in there we we'll meet there that's a great spot to meet they'll use community centres and how do you patrol
0: the community centres it's practically impossible We'll stay there for a second because Frank, you're on, we'll stay there, hall. Frank, you're on classic kids. How are you doing, Frank? How are you, Noel? How are you doing? It's been a while, Frank. How are you keeping?
4: Nah, not bad, not bad. Up to me eyes, as usual. Oh, good.
0: Okay. Well, Frank, when, when little Johnny or Mary at 14 years of age is walking around with a knife in his hand in the middle of the city, whose fault is that?
4: No, it's not the state's fault and it's not society's fault, Noel. I've been saying this for years. Number one, there's too many kids in the city, right? It's overrun with kids, especially the city centre. And I'll tell you another thing, Noel. There's a hell of a lot of feral kids
0: running around. There's a lot of feral kids running around. A lot
4: of feral kids. And I'll tell you why, Noel. You're listening to this now. And this is not a Chinese... This is not a Chinese-style regime, if you like. This is just an opinion. The social welfare system in this country, the welfare state, let's be honest about it, it's a welfare state, yeah? Okay. You know, you get a bonus. For each child you have, you get more money. Bring in one child payment, Niall. A one child payment in this country. And when he and she start dropping kids, they'll know that the state and everything else, they'll get one welfare payment for one child. Now, you can have as many kids as you like after that, Niall.
0: But you pay. You pay for
4: yourself. So in
0: other words, when when it comes to child benefit or children's allowance, you believe you should only be paid for one child. After that, you're on your own.
4: One child, everyone's entitled to a mistake in life, Niall. You rock up to the social well, well, of welfare well, 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 office. Well,
0: children are not always a mistake, but go on, yeah.
4: Look, there's, there'll be certain situations that will have to be looked into, but what I'm saying, Noel, is you have a puppy farm at the moment. I'm convinced... But I mean, we, d- we don't...
0: Fam. Yeah, but uh, with the greatest respect, Frank, if we go back 40 years ago, people were having a lot more children than they're having now. I mean, the, no, ar- no, the no. average in, in Ireland, as far as I know, is 2.5 kids.
4: Sorry for a minute, Noel. Let's go back 40 years ago. Brilliant! You brought that up. Let's go back when I was born and raised in the 70s and being brought up. I was brought up, by the way, okay, in working class Dublin. All the friends who I grew up with and all were brought up, they weren't dragged up. We weren't allowed round the streets all hours. But I'd love a guy to come on here now and let you know what's going on in the Irish city. Those kids, a lot of these little vermin, are actually bringing themselves up. They're bringing themselves up, defending for themselves, for their clothes and their food and their phone, because the parents don't want to know. And especially when the kids turn 18, they're of no monetary value to us. Get out, you're on your own. This is uh, the that's the man speaking to Tug there.
0: Okay, so, so, so. Okay, okay, so, so you basically, what you're telling me is there's Tugs breeding Tugs.
4: Now you said it. Now you said it. And I guarantee you, know when all these little vermin that's after being up in front of the courts and all for heinous crimes in society, i say if people look at the family, then you go, oh, Jesus, yeah, there you go.
0: The rock, what was it, the apple didn't fall far from the tree?
4: Listen, yes. there's no point blaming society. But, You're but, 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 okay, real.
0: okay, but, so, okay, so how, how do you, a child doesn't ask to be born, by the way, so how do you change that? Well, apart from the fact that you said we should only pay them for one child, I don't believe it's always monetary, by the way, and that's always going to happen. So how do you change that? So how, so do, you, how do you take Johnny, old, 14-year-old, and fix him? Or is, that too, one, is it too
4: late? Number one, let me tell you. When Johnny, 14-year-old, goes into a guard station and he's brought in by the guards, he sits there. He doesn't even tell them his name. They don't even know who he is half of the time. So they have to release him after a few hours. Because he's only a minor.
0: And then his mother will come up and say he's the salt of the earth.
4: And the mother will come up... and No, 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 no.
0: He and she will
4: come up roaring and shouting at the guards, calling them rats and scumbags and everything. You could imagine them. You can see them, can't you?
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Now, I'm telling you now, if you stop their payments, they come up to the... Until they come up to the guard station...
3: I'd yeah,
0: be afraid to come out of all those comments. That's brilliant. Oh. That's it. That's hey, you got me, Hall. Me Hall is on your team now. I'm on his team. I'm on his team. He's 100 yeah, yeah. percent right. So you believe that society and the state bear no responsibility in the fact that we're seeing this increase in crime amongst and antisocial behaviour amongst young people? No. And when I say antisocial behaviour, it's gone past that point where they're literally stabbing people. Yeah. You, no, Another thing, Noel.
4: Another thing. 1997, or sorry, 1990s, the early 90s. There was a law brought into this. The anti-social law. Do you remember in housing? Mm-hmm. And they could put people out on the streets and social It's meetings. rare that happens. Now, I was just going to say that. I know of one case in my life that that's happened.
0: No, I, I, I did have people on the air from Limerick there a while ago. Oh, I was about a year ago. And there was two particular families in, in Limerick. Who were in a particular housing estate, a causing and everybody was texting in the names of these two families, and they at no stage did the council move them.
4: No, because the council is afraid, Noel. Do you know why? I like to stay, because then you'll have the deal gooders on and the bleeding heart liberals. and You can't do that to them. It's terrible, it's terrible.
0: Well, you can't really, because here, here's the thing, right? If you move, you know, a family of, uh, you know, with three kids or five kids or whatever, out of a house, a council house. You have to give them somewhere to live. You can't just have them living on the streets.
4: Niall, as far as I'm concerned, in the average society, in the average Joe own society, them real apply. Because we abide by the rules of society. These people can't abide by the rules. So what have we to do? Just pull up with them and let them do what they like?
0: Well, unfortunately, yes. No, I, I didn't say let them do what they like. But they, we have to put up with it because there is always going to be those types of types of families who engage in antisocial behaviour, encourage other young kids to get involved in antisocial behaviour, and bring down the tone of a whole neighbourhood. But generally, there's nothing ever done about it this because the idea is they have to put them in someone else's backyard. Right, if you stop this them
3: at the beginning, as Niall said, and put them on money, money for one kid, two at the most, and if you're not getting a children's allowance for anything, anybody, one or two children, you'll soon find out how to put a knot in it. I tell you, there'd be no such a thing as six and eight kids running around stabbing each other. And, come on, Johnny, come on, Kerry, come on here, or oh, come on, get him. She's winning her bag. Look at the woman the other day got stabbed. She's not national where she's from, but she got stabbed. Okay, down. you can
0: and you can't talk. I know the case you're talking about. You can't talk about them on the air at the moment, Michal, because they're currently under investigation. And people have been charged. All right. No, okay. Okay. But, and, but by the way, that's not the only case. There's been five or six other cases exactly similar to that throughout, the, particularly in Dublin, over the last three or four weeks, where young people have stabbed. Adults or young people have stabbed other young people, and that's the parents and the upbringing. Okay, we'll stay there for a second. Let me just go to Marsha. Marsha, you're on classic. It's all on Marsha. Hang on, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Uh, I'm sure she's used to hearing that one. Um, sorry, Marsha. I just need to switch you on. There you go. Sorry about that, Marsha. I do apologise.
2: <laughs> okay, uh, my, my thought is the same, really. Like these children, really have no chance when they are parents like that, because it's like a vicious circle. They'll end up having kids, and they'll do the same thing again. Because they don't know any better. So how
0: do you break the cycle? Oh,
2: they have to
0: be taken off the parents. Right, and we talked about this last night and somebody gave us an example of a guy, a kid that was taken off his parents at 12 years of age because his parents were junkies, essentially, and they were, bad, they were a bad influence on the child. He was taken into foster care and then when he became 18, he's just free to go because he's an adult and the foster parents didn't really care too much about him. They only wanted to make money out of the situation and the child ended up worse.
2: But, so, now, but still, most children between 12 and 18, at least they'd have a better chance. Okay, at 18, you hope for the best. But at least they have a chance if they get them early. They have no chance now just out in the streets. and They have no chance. It's not their fault.
0: But you can't... I mean, if we look at the numbers, you can't take every feral child, as Frank was calling them. In other words, chi- children who had gone wayward from their parents. We would have, We wouldn't have enough... Foster homes for them all. Where would you put them
2: all? Would you have to start somewhere? Because if we get the children early, and then they'll have families that hopefully the same thing won't happen to them. So the numbers would keep coming down and down, you know? I mm-hmm. think so.
0: And where does antisocial behaviour come from? Because I don't know if you've got kids yourself, Marcia, have you?
2: No, I don't, but I have nieces and nephews. I think drink is a major problem.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I
2: think drugs is equally as big a problem. they, if they change, their personalities would have one or two drinks and then That's it.
0: Yeah, I mean, drug, drugs is a huge part of it as well and they're encouraged to be involved in drugs at a young age too because there's money in that.
3: That brings you back to these kids in the street with the parents with no control over them. Exactly that. And if they didn't have the kids and fared to himself there a minute ago... If there was only children's allowance for one kid or two kids at the most, I tell you that somewhere in that there have been, there wouldn't be five or six kids and maybe ten blocks of apartment for five or six kids in each apartment, one worse than the other. They're arrived in a locality. But if there was a guy if there was a stop on one or two two at the most, children's allowance for the most of two kids, especially if you, when you're in apartment complexes like that, what in the name of
0: God is the Well I, going I, to I, I I, no, I do agree. I, I, no, I do agree. I think Frank has a good point. Children's allowance in Ireland compared to any other country around Europe is extremely generous um, it should be stopped. it's quite a substantial amount of money if you've got a lot of kids so it is generous but in saying that it is, it, it's is—it's part of our constitution that we have to pay uh, for children in this country it's in the constitution we can't get rid of children's allowance we could means test it possibly um, and I, I don't know whether that's the solution well, that change the
3: constitution Change it, whatever it takes. you look looking for a remedy on it, you may change the Constitution. It has been done before several times. What the change it when the pressure is on? The pressure is on now. Has been on for a number of years. But it's definitely on now because they're carrying knives. And there's no point in taking knife as a kid. He goes around the corner, he gets another one. And like that, said, the children have been adopted. If they're going to be adopted and taken away, they want to be taken away very early, four, or five or six years of age at the most, 10 or 12 years of age. Yeah, I mean, no, I, no, I'm,
0: I'm, with you, I'm with you both, and I understand the point that Marsh is making. And I mentioned last year, I remember walking past Parnell Square there last year, and there was two people sitting on the steps, and they were clearly off their head on drugs, uh, obviously completely off their head on drugs, and there was a little baby in a buggy in front of them, and I looked at the little baby, who was obviously theirs, and I said, that child has no chance in life. None. You're 100% right. That child, and I'm sure that's what you're thinking about, Marcia, that yes, yes. That, that child will end up in trouble, that child will end up in a bad education, most likely, I'm not saying always, most likely, and will end up in jail. And that child needs to be taken away from those parents, for the in, in the best interest of that child.
2: That's uh, very unfair, really, on the, on the children, you
0: know. Mm-hmm. Well, because that child will end up as one of those individuals who will stab somebody else probably when he's 14 years of age.
2: Can I just say as well, Niall, if the children allowance possibly was taken away, okay, but to put in this place um, a wage for whoever stays home, a proper wage.
0: What do you, you, why do, What do you mean?
2: To take away the children's allowance. Okay. And, but to have, like, I think that allowance is there, so... It kind of helps the family to money provide price, for
0: the child. You know. Yes, yeah.
2: Yes. So I think if there was a wage for the, whoever stays at home, to leave out the children's allowance.
0: So, cost in other it. words, to pay a stay-at-home parent. Yes.
1: Well, you know, sure. well, yeah, yeah, well, I don't, well, I don't.
0: Well, it would cost a lot of money. But in saying that as well, Marsha, I think, without stereotyping people, I don't want to stereotype people. A lot of these kids come from parents and come from housing estates where there is mass unemployment anyway. So there's st- yeah. so in most cases the parents are probably both of them are home either way. Oh. That doesn't seem to make any difference.
3: Oh, yeah. if children were curtailed, there wouldn't be that many kids.
0: Yeah, you'll find that most of these children will come from. I, I'm not saying all of them. I'm not certainly not saying all of them. But a lot of them, these kids that have gone wayward, come from homes where both both parents are probably not working anyway. Um, and that's generally the reason why they follow in the father's and mother's footsteps and they will commit crimes to get what they need. When you see young children, for example, where, you know, you know, the parents are not working, you know, they're not working and they're going around with an Apple mobile phone in their hand and Nike runners and clothes that cost a fortune designer, clothes that cost a fortune. There's no other way of getting those kind of things without stealing for them. Uh, uh, keep texting. Keep WhatsApping The number is 87 188 Uh, The question I'm asking is, and most people seem to agree at the moment, it's the parents' fault, although Marcia believes society has an issue too. Society needs to deal with it better. How do we deal with this upsurge in crime of young people aged between sort of primarily between 10 and 20 years of age? We've seen some horrific crimes over the last few weeks committed by 14-year-olds, 15-year-olds. How do we change that? How do we turn that around? Um, And I mentioned last night too, many, many years ago, Limerick had a bad reputation, which thankfully has changed. But at one point it was called Stab City. It was so bad. And they sent down the task force and they also set up a lot of projects for people to do. But although people last night said the projects don't work because it's only a place where people can meet other like-minded head cases and they get together in gangs. And in the areas, by the way, that have more projects and more community centers, there's a higher rate of crime. So clearly they're not working. Uh, So let me know what you think. What is the answer? to stopping these feral children on the streets. Uh, The number is
5: 087-188-008. No if, buts, ands or maybes. It all starts with the parents. If the parents didn't treat them with kid gloves from day one, it wouldn't happen. I know of an example. Very good parents. Three sons all grew up to be individual business owners and yet their neighbours either side
0: ended up in jail. I, I really believe you're right, and it comes down to that whole argument, isn't it? Is it nature or nurture? I don't believe any child is born bad. Hi, Niall. Um
5: I think that um, reducing payments to one or two kids will just end up in, in a bigger abortion rate, which is, it only costs the state more money, probably. Thanks.
0: All right, okay. Well, I don't, I'm not going to get into the abortion debate today, but I, I get. I think... You're possibly right in the sense that it will probably increase the amount of abortions, maybe, if people can't afford to have the children when they're pregnant. Uh, David, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing,
5: David? How are you know, um, What's I the answer? I believe it's all down to education. I mean, like these people have come from broken homes themselves, maybe, and they've not been educated on how to look after the children. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that depend on that children's allowance each month for Who's, edu- like just, who's just make-
0: a, yeah? But who's educated to look after a child? Nobody gets ever gets educated to look after a child. You learn how to look after a child.
5: Yeah, but I mean, like it's all their education. Oh, I mean, like, you, you, you
0: mean they're not educated themselves. They're not
5: educated. but They're not educated in, in how to look after themselves. Never mind how to look after somebody else. So, I mean, we have seen what happened in the past when we take kids away from that parent and put them into these these homes. We've seen what 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 good came out of. Mm-hmm. No good. You've had them mother and baby homes. Nothing yeah. good came out of them, as you know. Like we talked about this before. You have and. Like, it's not, it, it, that's not the way to go. I think education is the only way to go. Teach the kids how to go through school, about my and stuff like that, and teach the parents how to work with the children on that. I mean, they have drug addictions, half them have, you know? And what about
0: what Marcia was saying before the break? When you've got, you know, a kid who's kind of, you know, 10 years of age and is already, as I saw, a witness throwing a Molotov cocktail across the street, I mean, you've got a serious problem. Should that kid be taken off the parents and put into foster care?
5: But for a kid to be standing there to throw something across the street, now I, I, I don't know what that was that he threw. But for him to be standing there throwing something across the street, he was—he was no, I they, I
0: watched him with my own eyes. Oh, was you know, a, no, that's not a bottle I'm with a cloth, either. and he lit it with a lighter.
5: Right. Well, for for a child to throw a glass bottle across the street—that's what a child does. They throw things. Not that it makes it any better, but that's what kids do. They throw. No, things. No, but they, this was uh,
0: on this particular night. There was a fight going on between the two housing estates. On one on each side of the Blessington Road, you got Cairn and Jobstown. And this little 10 year old was, you know, was standing there with this group of teenagers, anywhere between 10 and 20 years of age, all of them, about 50 to 100 of them on each side of the road. And he was involved in this. And, yeah, and my thoughts, he's been in, my thoughts he's been were not that he's a little older Yeah, but no, what I'm saying is my thoughts looking at him was not your little scumbag, because he's only 10. My thoughts are, where are his parents? Why has he been allowed to do this? Why isn't he in bed? It's half 10 at night. And then I'm thinking, sure, his parents are probably in the line of fire with him here too.
5: Yeah, well, yeah that'd make more sense, wouldn't it, really? Well, yeah, and, well, so, you well, know, and that's I mean, why I said it's thugs to wearing togs, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that depends on how his parents are. Maybe his parents don't know he's gone out. Maybe they maybe, maybe he's snuck out. maybe he's told them he's staying in a friend's house. Maybe the friend has told them he's staying in his house, you know. Maybe it's lack of communication between the two parents of the two, t- two children, if you get me. You know, oh, is he staying in your house? and oh, yeah, he is. You know, no, he's not, you know, so we're ready. Mm. You know, kids can be, kids can manipulate situations for their own doing. I'm sure we've done it all. I me, I know I've done it. I'm sure everyone else has done it. But, but, we're, we're, we're,
0: what we're doing is dancing around all the reasons why kids end up in this situation, right? So how do, you, how do you stop the situation getting out of control? Because it's getting to a point where it's getting out of control now. Education.
5: Education is key to everything. Education is key to everything. So you go up to Johnny
0: and Mary in a housing estate who have little Paul and little Johnny or little Mary or whatever as kids, and their kids are wild and feral and they're running around the street in gangs with knives. And you say, "We're going to educate you how to look after your kids." I know what they're going to say to you.
5: That's that's well, that's that's my opinion anyway. Yeah, no, I know, I understand.
0: I mean, that's futurising it, mean, yeah. I get gotcha. you, future proofing it. Sorry,
5: it's just education. It all boils down to education. If people don't know the consequences of what's going on. You know, I'm, I can't. I, I don't even know how to put it into words. But no, I mean, no, no, no. I get
0: what you're trying to say. You want to future-proof it, so it, you may not be able to do anything better right now and fix the kids that are there, but you may be able to prevent it in the future.
5: It'll be like a ripple effect.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, no. I get what you're saying. But say there for a second, because Mary, you're on classic kids. Hey, doing, Mary? Hi. Can you
2: hear
0: me? I can, Mary. You, Mary, you fostered two children, and they grew up very well. From what you're telling us.
6: Yeah. I'm- yeah, and I and I really believe that it's environment and it is nurture because um, I lived in London and the two girls that I had that I that I fostered were very young when they moved in with me. But when the eldest one got teenage years, I could see that there was a lot of gangs, there was um, there was a lot of crime where I was living, and I made the decision to move from London back to Ireland, and um, I you know and I moved to the country here in Ireland and I went through a lot of services and a lot of help for these kids and I put a lot of work into them and I really believe it's what you put into them and it's environment and it's the effort you make to, you know, to help these kids and both of them are in university now. Mm.
0: Well done, well done. And and you're right, it is nurture because there is... And I often hear people saying, ah, he was born evil, he's an ill child. And that's not true. No child is born evil. No child is born to be a scumbag. Every child... Uh, provided they're given the same opportunities in life. Now, we can't guarantee the same outcomes, but they should be given the same opportunities. And we do try our best as a society to give the same opportunities to every child. But in saying that's up to the parents to make sure they take those opportunities. But you're right, the area they come from has a lot to do with it, the peers, the people they're hanging around with. But as a parent, no matter where you live, you have a responsibility to make sure they don't hang around with the wrong people. That's your job. Yeah. And, if, and, if, and if they if they go wayward and end up with a gang, that's your fault as a parent. I blame you as a parent. And I think you would agree, Mary.
6: Yeah. Well, I mean, you have to supervise them. You have to know where they're doing, what they're doing. You have to know who they're hanging around with. Mm. And, I mean, I rather, I'd rather have what well, I, what I did, and I found out was when I didn't know who she was with. I told, I, I encouraged her friends to come back to the house because I'd rather know where they were it, around my house. Than Absolutely. Out on the
0: yeah. Yeah. Of course, you want to know the type of people she's with and you want to get to meet them and understand them, Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. So what, so Mary, we're all looking at reasons as to why it happens, right? And why children, and I think, realistically, when I look at all the answers coming in by text, the majority, although there are going to be exceptions where you're going to have good parents with bad kids, the majority of the time, it's the parents' fault, right, that children turn out like this. It's not society's fault, it's not the area, it's not the government. It's not everybody else. It's a combination of a lot of those things, but ultimately the parents' fault. So, how do we fix it? I mean, David talked about education. I mean, how do you fix that in the future to stop this problem getting
6: worse? I think a lot of it is um, a lot of it is um, peer pressure as well. When they get to teenage years, it, it, it's then that you become second, and they're. Um they're, you know, you, they're looking at their friends as more important sometimes than you. And it's just, as I said before, it's just knowing what they're doing. But I, I think a lot of it is just pressure on them as well to fit in. And I think if they come from, um, you know, where their parents can talk to them and they can come to their parents with problems, um, then they, they they, involve you in their lives. They're, they're not so secretive. It's just really, it's hard work. It's really hard. But so, yeah,
0: so communication is the key with your teenage children. Talk yeah, to them, talk to them. To talk to them. Yeah, yes. because if if they feel I mean, I mean, that your mum and dad and, and their parent and their friends are easier to talk to, they won't tell you anything.
6: Yeah, like, and if you explain to me, I never, I never put on like this, the cage where I made out that I was a great person and I never did anything when I never smoked and never drank when I was younger. I never gave them that illusion. I told them the struggles that I had as a teenager and I spoke to them about that and I made sure that they understood that they're, they're, they can, they're, that you, you're no saint, like you've been through this as well. But like you've still made something out of your life and you got educated and you you know you're you're trying to be a good parent. So like let them know that you're not perfect either, but you're there and you can communicate with them and you know if they need mm. anything from you. And well, I just think that 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 worked for me. And- I
0: mean, by the way, well done to you as a foster parent. So how long did you have those two children for?
6: Um, six, um, six and nine. They moved in. They're now in their twenties.
0: Right. you might as well have adopted them at that sense, to be honest with you yeah. absolutely but I mean look there are some great foster parents around the country some wonderful foster parents uh, who've gone to a number of children and some have children for a long time like yourself but the, the we talked about last night to a solicitor about the foster parent system in this country it is being widely abused um, and yeah, is, the, aftercare, the
6: aftercare system is, is, is not there for them and I, I mean, but not like only the care that care the system
0: itself is being abused it's being abused by people for money Um, There are cases, for example, where you'll have a daughter living at home with her mother who'll have a baby and the mother then will foster the child, even though they're all still living in the same house anyway, just to get the few quid. Um, You've got, you know, uh, aunties fostering, uh, nephews and nieces and all sorts of things carry on like that, which is completely unnecessary in, in a lot of cases because it's done for money. Because, I mean, don't get me wrong, being a foster parent pays okay. When I say pays okay, you have to pay for the child to look after the child, of course, so you have to get money. So, but it does pay, and people will always look for a way to, you know, defraud a system. So, unfortunately, that the foster parent system needs to be looked at as a whole to make sure people are being genuine as well.
6: Yeah, I agree with that, and I agree. I I I've seen failures like throughout the years when I was doing it in regards to girls, and also I feel that I and I do agree with you, Pen. They turn when when children turn eighteen. I think that they're, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the time they're excluded then from the family, and they're just told, right, we've done we've done our bit now, go off like and make your life. And I don't agree with that. I mean, I'm still in very much in their lives now. They're in their 20s and they're still a part of our family. They're, they are our family, mm-hmm. and I've got I've got younger kids as well, and they only know them as their sisters. They were born after they were in our house.
1: Yeah.
4: So
6: like I I don't I I know there is flaws, and if I wasn't there for the two girls when they turned 18, if I didn't continue with their care, they, they they would have failed. They would have struggled. And that's where I think... the. And by the way,
0: just, just just out of curiosity, because I'm just being nosy now, but do you still continue to get some sort of subsidy no. or payment once they get over no. 18? No,
6: nothing.
0: And nothing. what about their education? Who pays for that? Their their college education, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera.
6: Well, they get the Susie Grant.
0: Oh, okay, all right, okay, okay. Yeah, they
6: get the Susie Grant. And... Um, no, I mean. So do you get I mean, any like
0: worked. do you get anything at all once they're over eighteen? Because if you went to court during a divorce or separation, the judge will say twenty three once they're still at the ho- in the family home. No,
6: they used to do it. What what they used to do, I think, in the um, the foster care system. I don't know now. I I started off in England. I'm not too sure about Ireland. But I think they used to, if, if the children were in education until they were twenty three, you continued to get a payment. Yeah. But they've stopped now. You don't get that. Oh, when they that's terrible. 18,
0: Yes. Well, they, they should, they should, it should be when they finish their education or 23, whichever comes first. Yeah. That's the way it should, it should, but that's the way it is in family law. So I'm assuming it should be the same when you're looking after a child for somebody else's child, essentially. Listen, well done to you anyway. Listen, I have to go into a break. Keep texting, keep WhatsApping. Number's 087-1880008. Thanks, Mary, uh, for enlightening us a little bit there about foster care. And well done to her for raising two children, uh, well into their twenties. Two good children by the sounds of things. So whose fault is it when a child goes wrong? When things go wayward? When all of a sudden Johnny or Mary, Primarily Johnny, it seems lately, because it seems to be males, young males, 14 years of age, is walking around the city with a knife waiting to stab somebody. Whose fault is that? Is it mum and dad's fault and dad has 20 or 30 previous convictions? The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Is it society's fault for not picking up on that earlier and giving Johnny something to do before he picks up that knife? Whose fault is it? Let me know. Or is it the area he lives in, the people he met as he grew up? Oh eight seven one double eight treble zero eight.
3: See now, do you have too much stuff? That's the problem with all the kids these days. Doesn't matter, give them playgrounds, give them swings, slides, everything. They'll just wreck them, burn them, do whatever they can with them.
0: The best thing to do: go for the parents, stop the children's allowance. That's it, bang. Good afternoon to you, Joe. You're on Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you? <laughs>
1: I'm grand, Niall. How are you?
0: Good. Ah, sure, you could always be better. It's Friday and you haven't. I have an anxious head on me today. I keep telling everybody, but nobody understands me, Joe. Did you ever have a day where there's loads of little mice running around in your head?
1: No, but you moan all the time, Niall, so I say they're just not paying any attention to you now at this point.
0: <laughs> well done. That's cheered me up. Anyway. Joe, you you grew, you grew up in a, a kind of bad family. When you say a bad family, right, obviously things weren't too good at home. And I don't want to go into too much detail in your own family, but things weren't too good yeah. at home.
1: Yeah, no. Um, yeah, my my mother basically had me at uh, 16. My grandmother raised me. My mother was never interested in me. She was more interested in drink. and. Okay. She had four of us in total, but uh, my my out of four generations from my grandmother 's generation down to me um there 's only i'd say a handful of us that actually work. the rest of them are on benefits and um, yeah. they're, they're some depending nap- on the, States, yeah. Into the yeah. yeah so they're, they're just um so anyway, me personally um I was kind of thrown around from one person to the other in my family. My aunties, and I lived with friends, and my my mother at times when she felt like she wanted to take me, and she was really uh, physically abusive and verbally abusive and mentally abusive, and it was just it wasn't ideal. Let's just put it that way.
0: Okay. But
1: um, I I there was sexual abuse in my history as well. There's like there's there's loads of stuff that I, I I'm really have I'm, I,
0: I, I'm really sorry, Joe, that you've had such a bad upbringing. Uh, it's I, I,
1: good, you know, it's, it's character building, as I say now, Yeah, it's character building.
0: <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, um, I know, I know, yeah. but I mean, look, it's not easy to, because there are, there are things that will be in your thoughts and in your mind for the rest of your life. So, I mean, I understand, I mean, that was very, very difficult for you and I get that, I get that.
1: Uh, uh, I don't know, it's just something that happened and you just learn to deal with it, I think. Of
0: course, yeah, yeah. It's kind you of to.
1: hardens me a bit. Well you, two, anyway. well, you have
0: two choices, you can deal with it or not deal with it and they're, they're the only yeah. two choices you have, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. So exactly. So ha-
0: what, what changed the course of your life?
1: Um, when I was in, I was just about to go to secondary school and um, I, one of the girls that I'm quite I was quite friendly with, still friendly with now, because I live in London now, um, she persuaded me to join the basketball team because I'm really tall, I was about 5 foot 9 when I was about 12. Okay. So she persuaded me to join the basketball team and I did not want to and eventually I did and I started to play with the local basketball team and it made a huge difference The um, basketball coaches where they were quite strict but it's like you needed it, kind of yeah um, yeah and um,
0: so people they, started to take an interest in your life essentially and people started to take an interest in you and started to, you you felt like you were worth something and you felt like you were achieving something and and, and not only that they put a bit of discipline into you
1: this is it, yeah. It, it was the discipline more than anything. Like, I was always... I was afraid of me, me grandparents. I was afraid of my parents because you couldn't do anything wrong. Like, you couldn't say boo to a goose, but you'd get killed, you know? So
5: Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, so I was always kind of... I was never, like, a bad child, but... Uh, and it wasn't necessarily that I felt like I was accomplishing anything anyway. It was just... I had something to do. I had somewhere to focus my interest. I had something that I liked. Like, it's great talking about opening community centres and stuff like that, but you can't just open a community centre and have summer uh, projects, um, you know what I mean? And like do mm. something. You can't, you have to kind of, you have to have boxing or you have to have something that kids are going to be interested in, something they're going to want to spend their time doing.
0: Um, and, but the problem with these centres is, and we spoke about this last night, we talked to a solicitor from the City Centre, and he said, like, the City Centre in Dublin has more community centres, more projects, uh, more everything and these kind of community events than anywhere else, and yet there's still more crime. So it, it doesn't seem to make a difference. He said the problem is they tend to meet up in these places and they, they make more friends who lead them in the wrong direction sometimes and that it doesn't always work. The benefits don't really outweigh the cons, so to speak.
1: It, I, I think it depends on the individual as well yeah, yeah, because probably. I was never going to follow, I was never ever going to follow my uh, family. My parents and grandparents' footsteps. I was never going to well. I'm glad you did by the way. Drinking and all the rest of it. Yeah, yeah well, it's mine. <laughs> and one um, way, okay,
0: very quick because I'm running out of time. But what do you do now? Are, are you doing well for yourself now?
1: I am. Yeah, I live in London. I've got uh, a three and a half year old little monster. I drive trains for London Transport. And I left school when I was 15. You're a train I'm, driver. I am. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I am. I'm coming I was going to say something, sorry, really quickly. The other day you were talking about the knives and what you could do about it and stuff. Yep. I live over here, you were talking about London, I live over here, talking about bringing the knives into the police station. It doesn't work, but they also have these boxes that they just have randomly on the street that you can drop your, your, uh, your knife into. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. and like, that doesn't work either. There's so many things in place here that to try to help stop the crime. I live in an area where it happens nearly on a daily uh, on a daily basis, and they don't know what to do. They're trying their best, stop and search. You know.
0: I know knife nice crime know became a big do. thing in the UK about two, two or three years ago. There it became really um, bad, uh, and, yeah. and there was a lot of stabbings. And now we're seeing it now in Dublin, in something Ireland, similar. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yes, it's shocking. Like it's shocking. You
0: know, it's not the Ireland that I was raised in. No, it's not the it's Ireland the I, was, I was raised in either. No, certainly not. it has changed, and that's why we're looking for answers. Listen, Joe. Thank you very much, indeed. I think you've made a really good point. That it doesn't matter where you come from, who you come from, um, whatever you want to do is the way you might you turn learn out. To do, it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Your outcome. Isn't right. Thank you very much nice and good luck to you. And, you and time and time. Keep, I'd love Start to time. drive a train, by the way, Joe. You, any chance to? Oh, it's
1: brilliant. Great crash. I have all my friends on the front of me. to do love it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Is, it. is it just like one <laughs> handle where you just. No? Kind
1: of, yeah. It's kind of like the Starship Enterprise where you kind of go forward to go faster. The more you go forward and the more you pull back, the more you go slow. With control, it, I'm.
0: Is there I'm like not. an emergency button to stop just in case things go pear shaped?
1: There is, but the way these trains and the speed you go, like, it doesn't stop like a car would stop. You'd, 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 you'd hit someone, if you were going to hit them, they'd be dead and buried by the time you stop the train. Okay, so, so if you're... And
0: what's the speed you're doing on a straight run? What sort of speed?
1: Uh, we're only supposed to do 45, maximum. Miles per hour, not kilometres, miles per hour.
0: Okay, so if you're doing 45, and how long would it take you to stop at 45 miles an hour train?
1: i say a whole train's length.
0: Right, so okay, so it's about three or 400 yards, yeah.
1: And that, that would be done.
0: Right, right. That's a full. With the sparks yeah, coming out and everything. Like yeah. yeah.
1: Everyone flies out to the front. Of <laughs> right. the parents, like One of them. <laughs>
0: Hope you never have to do that. Joe, listen, thank you very much indeed. Lovely talking to you. And I'm glad you made something of your life. And I'm glad you are done really well. And best of luck to you in the future. All right. But getting back to antisocial behaviour, a lot of people would be familiar with Moi Ross. It's a council estate in Limerick in Ireland. It was developed way back in the 1970s and 80s. Um, and I suppose up to 2008, the estate was. I suppose, in the news for all the wrong reasons. Uh, anti behaviour, poverty, crime, gangs. It kind of gained quite a lot of notoriety over the decades. Um, it's quite a big housing estate. Now, I know it spans kind of two electoral areas, uh, but 720 or 740 houses or so. Um, and Alan is on the air. Alan, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Alan? Uh, good. Uh, hi, Neil. And hello to all your listeners. Yeah, uh, You worked in Moirass for 20 years as the editor, editor of a magazine called Changing Ireland. And what was the purpose of the magazine and, and what made you want to kind of set
7: it up? Yeah, well, I, and I still work there. No, I just got lucky, like, with the job interview. Um, Moira's had such a bad reputation that they, they had their own newsletter to create their own positive news in the area. And then the opportunity for them came up to try to get a uh, hold of a national magazine Just there was a contract going for. It. And... They won the contract, I applied for the job, and uh, lo and behold. Um, the rest uh, is <laughs> uh, It was a three year plan now, in fairness. Yeah. So I've, I've dragged it out a bit. Uh, we've, we've done, we've had a, a voluntary committee, uh, including my Ross people, keeping an eye on me. Um, I'm a blow in like from Cork, yeah. but uh, yeah. I'm 30 Limerick at this stage. And we're based, we were, I was based, and the office was based for the first 17 years in the housing estate, in a house. I converted there, By the way, so,
0: did they take some of the houses down or is there, they did demolish a lot of the Half them houses. Are gone. Okay. About half
7: them are gone, yeah. yeah. So, like when you talk about Myros, you've got a huge Myros diaspora um, of people who've been, they're on, like there's thousands of people who've been fa- uh, pushed out of the place um, but still hold a very dear commi- connection to Myros. Mm-hmm. Like there's a very strong, I used to love the graffiti kind of 10 years ago and journalists be coming around uh, I love my Ross be up on the walls, and we're like, "What's that about?" And uh, yeah. I just love it because the kids there, the fights, the headlines, the kids there were brilliant. Um, what was the, I mean? Just just to delve into the, they're I, I, they're the they're
0: psychology brilliant. of what was going wrong in my Ross. I mean, you had a mass unemployment rate. You've probably won the highest unemployment rates in the country in, in one housing estate, if you know what I mean, percentage-wise.
7: Yeah, 66%. That's yeah.
0: right, a massive unemployment rate. I think it was even higher than that at one stage, to yeah, be honest course. with you. Um, yeah. and, and there's other areas, but I don't, I don't want to single out my Ross, by the way. There are other areas around the country as well with similar high unemployment rates too, and, and crime as well. Mm. But what do you think the main reason was for the, uh, I suppose, the antisocial behaviour was off the Richter scale? What do, you, what do you believe the reason for that was? Is it the way the children are being brought up? Is it the lack of opportunity? Because you can't say that, oh, well, the government didn't give them enough to do with boxing clubs and community centres. If you look at the well, stats... It, well, that's
7: why I did ring up, sorry, yeah. no, just for interrupting. Like, the thing that got me going, got my goals up first, was saying there's youth centres, community centres, youth workers, it's a waste of money. Um, I could go on at length about that, and I, I really will drive home a couple of points Just. I think, proved the opposite, because okay. that's what, that was what... Yeah, well, I, no, I was going to go by what Malachy
0: Steenson said to me last night. He's a solicitor in the city
7: centre, and he lived okay, in the city centre. That you were quoting. Yeah, and like, he was talking about to the amount of council workers. Class, so you're look, you're, if you're looking in over the wall, yeah. and you've never been to these places, and you don't be up close with the kids and uh, talk... I'm not that yeah. much, but I talk to the community workers. Like, some of the youth workers there at present, and I will come back to your question in a sec. They grew up during the bad times and they don't want to see it th- that repeated for the children they're now working with. So we've got like people from the community who've gone to college, call that a waste of time, studying youth studies, but it's not coming back to the community to try to build it a better community. Um, speaking of building, they have a campaign called build our road going on at the moment in off to finish off the regeneration thing. So look, I'm a bit excited there about that. The whole yeah. idea that they're a waste of money. Uh, and there have been fierce cuts 10 years ago that tens of thousands of people, 20,000 I saw a march in Dublin, and there were loads of marches by people against the closures of these kind of good projects. Um, I have an aunt in London who works in the prisons. Uh, well, she's elderly now. She's kind of semi-retired, but as prison chaplain. She saw the effect of all the youth clubs closing over there, and I know that's a different country. And libraries, libraries in Ireland. But well, yeah, well, yeah, but yeah, but
0: I'm, not, to I, I'm not disagreeing with you completely. Or I'm not right now what you're saying, Alan. But when I lived in Edenmore, which was a pretty bad area, and yep. that's where I came from, we had one youth centre. And then this is back in the 1970s, of course, right? We had one youth centre. And I, I kind of feel that why is it the government's job to give a kid something to do to stop him from getting into trouble? And what. What cause? see, I'm trying to get to the root of the problem. Why is it that we why what's the need for that in the first place? In other words, why are some kids predisposed to being involved in crime and others not in certain areas? Is it the parents or is that society? And this is what I'm trying to establish today. When we look at say and in Dublin, I'm sure you're looking at all the crime in Dublin at the moment, most of it, by the way, being conducted by fourteen and fifteen year olds, stabbing people literally to death. So I mean what I mean, Limerick had the same reputation going back many years ago when it was called Stab City and thankfully they've they've got themselves rid of that reputation. Now it looks like Dublin's going down the same route. Yeah, now so, they call it Super City. Yeah, <laughs> well, absolutely, yeah. So, I mean, is it parents, Is somebody mentioned earlier on a lack of education, but parents are not educated enough to to, to control their own children. You know, if the parents are too thugs, are the kids going to grow up as thugs? Is that a natural progression? Is it generational? Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's, there's so many questions there, Alan. There's so many
7: questions. Just even take the last one there. Like, I, I'd... Um I won't say her name now, but a, a girl in her early 20s who was working, doing some work with me, and she got snapped up quick during a brief time of unemployment, and she got snapped up quickly and was taken from me by a, a bigger private sector company, but her mother never worked for 30-odd years, and uh, she just didn't have a work ethos, but her daughter did, so it's not necessarily always passed on from one generation to the other, though Generally, it it would be. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, there's exceptions all over the place. Um, And state dependency tends
0: to be generational, doesn't it?
7: Well, she broke it. She had no idea. Well, no, no, of course, look.
0: And we spoke to a girl before the break there who certainly broke that cycle too. But in saying that, it does tend
7: to be generational, state dependency. You would think that. But, like, again, thinking of a guy, I can see his face. You know, he had no chance of getting employment during, say, recession times because of stigma about my loss. But when suddenly anyone and every, every... When when unemployment went very low and employers were struggling, he was delighted to get a job working in a car park. Mm-hmm. um And more power to him. And he went on from there, you know. Once you get out and into the formal workplace, you've broken the cycle and you've started to make a, a road for yourself. And that's where the, the support groups, the community groups, the Guard Probation Project support groups, etc., are actually... If the economy is going well, it, it, it does help, obviously. Yeah. But it means people can break through the stigmatisation that goes with their address and show that they're they're just there to try to make a life for themselves. Well, uh, I,
0: well I know at the moment currently, by the way, they're trying to bring legislation through in the, the Equality Act to stop people being discriminated against based on their class, i.e. I, where they live. In other words, if you come from Ballymun or you come from yeah. that or Moira or South Hill or whatever it happens to be, that you're not discriminated against for a job and they're trying to bring legislation in to stop that from happening. And yeah, that's I wonder, that's I wonder
7: like in the media before, you know, Moyross has been described in, in ways that would, con- you know, there's no laws about slagging off an area, but, you know, it's been described in horrendous ways that were exaggerated because I was living there so working there, so it, it, it didn't match the reality. Mm-hmm. Um, but just
0: you, Ross. Well, I mean, there was a documentary I remember watching many years ago. Well, well it wasn't that long ago, it was maybe 10 years ago, a documentary on My Ross and RTE. In yeah. Jesus, it was like the Wild West.
7: Yeah, but I was there. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. going in and out the door every day to work. Yeah. Like journalists were coming along and they were taking photos without getting out of the car. I, uh, there was one photo published. I, uh, I won't name the photographer either. Um, but you could see the side of the front windscreen of his car. He didn't even. And my office. It, that was the offence to me. My office was in the corner edge of that um, photograph that he didn't know. But I went in and there every day. Once in twenty years, I got my car mudballed by squealing on a twelve-year-old to his granny for smoking. Right, so a rat um, mudballed. I've never heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> the whole car was destroyed. With, with muck covered from every, every the roof and all four sides. With muck. Mode, yeah. Oh, okay.
0: I, I, I'm, not, I'm not doubting you for a minute that I'm sure some of these documentary makers or pho- photographers purposely go looking for the little fire lit in the, in the middle of the field or, <laughs> or the graffiti yeah. on the wall they'll purposely look for the bits that look good and sensational but look well done to you anyway and, and well done to you the good work Changing Ireland is the name of the magazine and it's been going on there for 20 years and many many more years I'm sure listen thank you very much indeed Alan for coming on the air I appreciate it